It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I am Ed Green and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, Fee Dunn and Doug Cameron. And we're coming to you on Saturday the 29th of January 2022. It's a busy show this week. We have our usual announcements section from Austin. In Android Basics, we take a dive into the network and internet settings in Android settings. In our spotlight section this week, we have an interview with Charles from ARX, who talks about uh, their new exciting headset. Our app of the week this week is uh, brought to us by Warren, and that's the highly versatile Universal Copy app. And we close this week with Warren's highlights from TalkBack. How are we all doing, everyone? Are we all well? Doug? Yeah, I'm not too, too bad. Keeping busy, staying in trouble. So, you know, life's good. Like to hear it, Fee? Yeah, not bad. We even saw some sunshine earlier today, so that was uh, that was nice. The days are very gradually getting longer. This is nice. all good. Austin, Mumbai is flowing in the reverse direction. Unfortunately, this week uh, we hit uh, ten degrees for the first time. It was very cold, and the new technologies that I got myself a Samsung Galaxy Watch Four. The first two, three days, I felt like throwing it out of the window because I could not double swipe and it could not accept some things and it was really bad. Then I installed a third-party TTS. That is a tip. If you have a Wear OS device and it is not responsive, install a third-party TTS and it will work fantastic. Well, I'm glad you got it up and running. Warren? Would Fee send some of that sunshine out here? I am stuck in what we call a pea soup. This time of year in the state of Washington, you know, we have this type of weather. It goes for weeks without seeing the sun. And this is typical of those days. And I'm stuck in that pea soup. Other than that, though, it kind of just keeps the temp, though, in the same uh, temperature because we've been like, 27, 30, 32, 27, 30, 32. And it, that's what we got. But I'm happy because it's not. We're not trapped like in, you know, five degrees or 10 degrees and not changing. So it's a beautiful pea soup. You want some of that soup? I'll send you some of that soup. Oh, nice, well, thank I'm you. <laughs> I got enough of that soup here. I don't want it anymore. I'll take the sunshine from Fee instead. Hmm? <laughs> no, it's gone now. It went this afternoon. It went grey again. So it was very, very brief. Uh, it was teasing, basically. I've got COVID, so I'm not seeing any weather because we're self-isolating. Austin, what announcements have we got this week? So this week, all the announcements, uh, there is one announcement with the Walksmith webinar that we posted some weeks about that we were hosting they have made the recording available on YouTube on the Voxmate channel. For those of you who have missed the webinar live, they can listen to the recording. We'll have the links in the show notes. The next announcement is if you have the Wear OS, then a very 
frequent contributor Gerard Jicha has made a guide on how to install third-party TTS and other apps using wireless ADB and other things on Wear OS because they cannot be connected to the PC using a wire. So you need to check out those videos. Those videos are on our YouTube channel. There is also a text guide if you want to follow text instructions. So that is from the announcement section. Thanks very much, Austin. And now we move on to our Android basics section and we continue our delve into Android settings categories. This week, it's all about network and internet. And I'm going to hand over to Warren to kick us off. So Ed throws me into the network. <laughs> now, when we talk about network, let's look at the meaning of the classical word, the classic meaning of the word network. Yeah, I remember back in the day when I was a young man and just kind of, um, you know, looking for a mate. <laughs> looking for, and of course, you know, you got to be in the networks. And, you know, in order to be able to find someone, you need the right network. You need to, you know, be connected, you know, be plugged in using today's language, uh, plugged into the right network and all of that. Whether it's a church or if whether it's a, a bar, you know, that you go to, whatever network it is that you need. Uh, so the word network has been around. It's not something that just started with internet connectivity, is it? Back in the day, you know, we could get together in a coffee place or get together at a church social or, you know, those are networks, right? And we get yeah. to know each other that way. Nowadays, we don't have the ability to do a lot of those things again. And so um, the network on our phones or computers now gives us that virtual network. And so we're talking about the network that internet connectivity, and that's what we're talking about. Now, if you have a phone that is uh, a stock Android, you know, Google keeps rearranging these things, and sometimes you kind of thought that you have a handle on how these things are arranged, and then, you know, the next iteration of the OS, and things get regrouped, and things like that. And so today we're looking at the network and internet, and your phone may say it differently, uh, because I remember, you know, other phones have different arrangements. So let's talk about that network and internet, and it's one of the first items in our system settings. And in here we have several things that make that magic happen. You talk about SIM cards, or talk about VPNs, or talk about uh, hotspots, and, and all of that. All that is found here within that network and internet. I would like to navigate my way to my system settings and go to my network and internet. Settings. Profile picture. Double tap. So I am in my system settings. And in my system settings, the first item. Network and internet, mobile, Wi-Fi, hotspot, enlist. So here is my network and internet. Settings, network and internet, out of list. If I tap on here and I have the items here. Internet, mesh, enlist. I have here where it says internet. The mesh, and that is my Wi-Fi. 
if I tap here, it will show me all the networks or Wi-Fi uh, connectivities, Wi-Fi's around here, uh, around my house that are in range. And that's one of those items. And calls and SMS, Google Fi. Below that, I have my calls and SMS. Sims, Google Fi. Then I have SIM cards. So if you are in an area that you use double SIM cards or dual SIM cards, both would be found right here. And there below... We Add. Button. We have the add, which means I could add some sort of a network and all of that. Airplane mode, switch off. And then airplane we have the mode. airplane mode. Hotspot and tethering. Oh. Hotspot and tethering. And that's what Austin is doing today because his Wi-Fi is behaving a little wonky today. And so this is going to be a good place for Austin to talk about hotspotting, you know, how you go about hooking up your computer to use the data that is found on your phone. In other words, if you live in a place that you don't have internet access or whatever, but you have data on your phone, you could actually use the hotspot right here that's built into your phone and have internet access. Austin, you want to talk about the hotspotting and how one could take advantage of that to have internet access? So my Wi-Fi, it came to know, I think, today that we are talking about networking. And as I made everything ready for the start of the episode, my Wi-Fi just stopped working. So then I just got my Pixel 4A out and did a hotspot and connected to my laptop via Wi-Fi. So this is how hotspot is done. Hotspot and tethering. You find and tap on hotspot and tethering. And by default, it should say hotspot is off or it should not say anything. But currently, mine is on, so it is saying hotspot on. Hotspot and tethering. Navigate up. Use hotspot and tethering to provide internet to other devices through your Wi-Fi or mobile data connection. Wi-Fi hotspot, one device connected. So it, Wi-Fi hotspot is telling me that one Setting. device is connected. Use Wi-Fi hotspot. On switch and it's currently Hotspot on. Hotspot name pixel underscore nine four five eight. Now, for security reasons, you should change this name to whatever name you want to keep. But I just quickly started Share the hotspot and security. came online. Security none. And my security is set to open, so all the listeners staying in my area can just come and connect to my hotspot. Turn off hotspot automatically when no devices are connected on switch. You want to keep this enabled because what happens is when your device is disconnected, your hotspot will still stay on if you have disabled this, which will just eat your battery like anything. So this should be on. Extend compatibility helps other devices find this hotspot. Reduces so, hotspot connection speed on switch. So what this does is there is some there are some devices that only support 2.4 gigahertz and some devices that support both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz so it extends compatibility so that both the devices connect to can connect to these networks Wi-Fi. there is another type of hotspot usb tethering share phones internet connection via usb off switch disabled so it's saying disabled currently because i have not connected my phone to the laptop using a usb cable so you connect your phone to the laptop using a USB cable and turn it on. And then this will give your laptop internet connection 
I would suggest that you connect your phone to the laptop using USB cable, but uh, even Wi-Fi, as you can hear now, it's stable. So, and I'm not, I'm in an area which, which we only get around 30 to 40 Mbps mobile data speed. So it's very slow, but still the Wi-Fi is stable. So Bluetooth tethering, share phones, internet connection via Bluetooth. And then there is Bluetooth tethering, which I've never ever used. So I don't, I suggest that you don't use him because this can interfere with all the other Bluetooth devices in your house, like your headphones and all, and may create some speed problems and some latency. So do not use the Bluetooth mode. Ethernet tethering, share phones, internet connection via ethernet, off, switch, disabled. I have not even used this, but I think what this is, is if you get a USB-C ethernet adapter, you can connect it to your phone's USB-C port, or if you have a micro USB port, connect it to your phone's micro USB port, connect one end of the ethernet cable to the adapter and another end to your laptop or whatever router maybe you can even connect it to your router and share it, the connection using your router as a big uh, like a boosted connection with long range but i have not used this so i cannot comment much on this so that is the hotspot path and that's a good one uh, austin because when you have it the way that you have it now anyone can connect to it in other words i remember when i'm traveling uh, with my kids when they were young. And this is where that uh, Edwards uh, Fisher Price comes in. Um, we have their mobile devices uh, that were not internet. We're talking about, you know, kids like, you know, between three, five, and six years old. And, and so you have these devices that need the Wi-Fi. And so I would turn on the hotspot on my phone and my three kids are able to take advantage of that and connect all those leapfrog devices and playing their games and all of that. So this is the power of the network. We will be focusing on this hotspotting and then next week we'll look at the other items that I found here in uh, the network and internet, because if we talk about all of them today, we're probably boring you to death. But uh, the hotspot is a good place to get started if you have a family and you're at a place that you don't have internet access and your phone has internet access, you could share that and use the Wi-Fi part instead of using that either the uh, USB, because the USB would just be for one device and the Ethernet would also be for one device. Uh, and as Austin says, I don't think that the Bluetooth one is reliable. I've never done that myself. Uh, Ed, have you had any experience uh, sharing your hotspot? I, I use Wi-Fi exclusively. What, what I would say about a hotspot is that it will be dependent on what you're it allows you to do in two respects. First off, whether you can do it at all, uh, most carriers will support hotspot, but not necessarily on all plans. Uh, here in the UK, for instance, some of the payers you go sims will not let you hotspot. The other thing you might just want to be aware of as well, your hotspot data limit might be different to your SIM card data limit. So if you have an unlimited data plan, for instance, as I do, uh, which means that when my phone, my SIM card is in my phone, I get unlimited data. That might not be the case when you're hotspotting. 
Uh, it might be, but it might not be. So just check what you can do with Hotspot. I like it. Be like you, Warren. We had a little child on um, uh, our Hotspots when she had a, a tablet that was Wi-Fi only. Um, this got kind of annoying, so I got her a, a SIM-enabled uh, cellular, cellular tablet the other year, but uh, a very useful feature as well. If you're on a, you know, if a friend's on another network and they haven't got a signal, they can open the hotspot. But one thing I will just say about settings, and this will become more obvious uh, in the next couple of weeks when we discuss these, uh, but you, have, you may have noticed already from what Warren showed us, the settings, uh, the network and internet settings anyway, got an overhaul in Android 12, quite a significant one. And I'm not sure all the new naming terminology is quite as helpful as it might be, to be honest. Um, I think I would rather Wi-Fi stood alone, something that said Wi-Fi. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all right with it. I know where, where to look. But obviously, you know, Wi-Fi is a, is a universally used term. I think it would be more helpful if there was something for new users, obviously called that, not internet. I, I think SIMS is perhaps less transparent. Is, is it obvious that's where you'd go to disable mobile roaming, for instance? Um, I don't know about the terminology in Android 12, but we can dive into that as we pursue individual settings categories. Doug, do you use uh, yeah. Hotspot? I don't actually use my hotspot. I've probably used it probably about three three times in the last six, seven years. <laughs> yeah. So for me, hotspot's one of those things where it's good to have, but I don't need it. Uh, there is a danger with hot, using a hotspot, which I think is worth mentioning at this point, which is that if you use it over a prolonged period, you can, well, first of all, it eats your battery. It really, oh, really God, eats yeah. your battery. Uh, also, your it can end up making your phone get quite hot. And that was our hot spotting. In our spotlight section this week, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Charles from uh, ARX. Uh, I was about to tell you what ARX did, but I think I shall. I shall. I let Charles do that. How are you, Charles? Hello, and I'm very good, thank you. Um, Beautiful day here in London, uh, and uh, unlike you, I am not. I don't have to isolate, so I I was lucky to go out today. Oh, glad to hear it. C can you tell us a little bit about ARX, Charles? Yes, of course. So ARX stands for Augmented Reality Experiences, and what it does is that it augments the world with meaningful audio cues for the blind and partially sighted people. Um, and we do this thanks to uh, human design-centered methodologies coupled with cutting-edge AI and machine learning solutions. And our product is basically a wearable headset um, that works with an Android phone and an app. Um, and um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's ARX. And basically the headset is... Um, uh, featuring bone conduction speakers and two ca two high resolution cameras, and basically the cameras scan can scan your surrounding and send the data to your phone, and the phone will translate the visuals into meaningful audio uh, in a spoken language, but also in a intuitive abstract language for faster and more emotional and intuitive uh, communication. 
That's great. And we met uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I was really impressed uh, with, with what I saw. C- can you tell us a little bit about what the headset can currently do? Yes, absolutely. So um, when you wear the headset, uh, basically, uh, you'll find that uh, there are physical raised buttons on the headset. And these buttons enable you to trigger different modes in the app. And these modes are the modes that you would expect uh, to see in apps like Seeing AI or in Envision AI. Uh, so you can read documents, you can read short text, you can describe, describe scenes, uh, you can look and search for objects, uh, and you can read faces and remember faces. And that's just the beginning of the things uh, you can do with the headset. And so, as I was saying, you can switch the modes using the buttons, uh, but you can also use your voice. Uh, the headset is equipped with a microphone and uh, with natural language processing, we're able to extract the intentions of the user. So you don't even have to remember voice commands. You can just say anything you want to achieve in your own natural language, such as, "What? hey, what's in front of me? And it will trigger the appropriate mode uh, so that you don't have to use buttons or even the touchscreen of your phone. So it's a totally hands-free experience. I think that's really good. And it saves you having to remember specific, as you say, syntaxes that you need to deliver uh, your commands in. Yeah, and you know, we, we, we found that through um, basically a lot of uh, trial and error. Our process has always been to uh, work with users, so build prototypes and then test them and learn from users. And, um, you know, in the very beginning, we had... Uh, basically voice commands that you had to remember. And we just thought, you know, we, we need this to be as easy as possible for the users. And uh, because that's one of the foundation of the company to be user-friendly, we really invested in making, making this as simple to use as possible. Charles, this is Warren, and thank you so much for coming. I remember the first time that you reached out to me and I was saying, what is it that he's bringing to the table that is different from what we already have? We already have a bunch of these things. And then, you know, I was saying, well, you know, let's see what he has. And of course, after you explained it, it all made sense to me. And that was back in December, wasn't it? You met us or came across Blind Android as a result of uh, something I hosted for SciTech Global uh, back in December. And that's how we met. And so it has come full circle, and it's beautiful to see you talking with us here today. Now, I know sometimes the things that stands as a hindrance to a lot of our blind users is the price. I know this thing is a very good product. You know, it talks about it because he's got to see it. And devices in this class are, you know, like, you know, $2,000, $3,000 or whatever, um, would you take us down that road and uh, what what are we looking at, you know, price-wise? Because people are like, give us the bottom line. I think that's the most important thing. We want to know how much that thing is going to cost. Mm-hmm. So take us down that line and as we stack it against the other solutions in this class. Absolutely. Um, and... Um so basically, as you said, uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons for this for ARX to uh, be founded. Uh, 
devices of that class are very expensive and you know the purpose of accessibility devices is that they should be accessible to all and this is what we we want to democratize uh, the accessibility devices and so we've made in order to achieve a lower price we've made very important design and technology choices uh, in our product and so that has uh, and I, I can talk about that later if uh, you're interested in that um, but basically, the price, uh, the retail price, will be one thousand two hundred and ninety nine dollars uh, for the headset and the app. That's beautiful. Now, is there any payment plans, or uh, you guys are not at that point? In other words, uh, is there a way through which people could say, "Hey, you know, I want to pay you uh, instrumentally. Maybe I'll pay you in six months or three months or whatever." Do you guys have any such plans? Uh, I think we are completely open to it. Yes, uh, we we've not decided on them yet, but uh, we we know that uh, that's something we'll be able to do. Uh, and since we are launching in the next few weeks, uh, you know, we'd we'd be really happy to enable more people to access the device. So we'll, we'll, we'd love to do something like this. This is Fee. I'm wondering about the logistics of it in terms of data. Um, does this uh, does the app need to go online in order to describe things, or can it do it offline, or can you do either? And if it does go online, I'm wondering how much data that it uses, um, because that might be important to some people. And also, I, I live in London as well, and some places... Um, and it might be even more of a problem in, you know, if you're in a rural area, um, you don't always have a signal. Um, so I'm wondering um, about the logistics of that, really. Absolutely. Um, so, yes, ARX needs uh, actually performs much better when uh, the Android device is connected to the Internet, uh, but it does always work. Uh, without internet. So you can do basic things uh, when you're not connected. You can still describe scenes, you can still read text, do all the major things you'd like to do. Uh, but when, obviously, when you're connected to the internet, you get access to the cloud and we can do much more advanced computation. And so the results will be more accurate and there will be more features available. Um, in terms of data, uh, we are basically the when we we're sending very uh, small images to the cloud because uh, our machine learning algorithms don't rely on high definition images, um, so we are not actually sending a lot of data. It's basically very small files uh, to analyze audio and a few images. Can you say a little bit more about the the, the form factor? You, you mentioned it's a it, it's a headset, but but could you describe it a little a little bit more as to how that how that works? Is it in ear over the ear? It's actually like an arc, uh, so it's also you know like the name arcs arc. Uh, so the headset is like an arc uh, that resembles um, bone conduction headphones, like the aftershocks, uh, and so. You have two rubber pads that sits on your uh, cheeks, and then the arc goes behind your head over your hair, and uh, the back of the arc rests on uh, the back of your head or the or your neck. Um, 
And so that's, and it's, it's quite lightweight. It weights about uh, 115 grams. Uh, and so on the left side, you have two control buttons to change the volume of the audio. And on the right side, you have three buttons, a square button, a circle button, and a triangle button. And uh, this right side also has the two cameras. And the, the advantage is that it basically doesn't cover your face. So it, it just looks like speaker headphones for listening to music. Can you wear it with glasses? Because some of us have to wear glasses. I mean, I have to wear dark glasses most of the time. Um, and some of these devices, they don't always work well with glasses. The glasses and the device kind of get in each other's way. Uh, yes, I, I actually wear glasses uh, when I uh, do some of the coding. And uh, obviously, I, I wear the headset as I do that. And uh, the with my glasses, it's, okay. it's, it's actually fine. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. I'm not uh, visually impaired. I'm not the end user. I cannot make assumptions about what the other user needs. And so that's why very early on, we developed really basic prototypes to get the product out there and start getting user feedback. A year ago, we were doing things in a wrong way. So we keep iterating and testing with users every week to learn what needs to be fixed and how we can make the experience even better. It's all about that feedback. Uh, actually, we're seeing that the, the community uh, is being wonderful and uh, helping us develop the product. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a real pleasure for us to uh, get involved. Is this any sound leakage? Because I remember I, my first set of Aftershocks, which doesn't work anymore, but my first set of Aftershocks, I, I couldn't listen to something on them in the same room as somebody else without distracting them because there was so much sound leakage. And so I just wonder, is, is that a problem with this device or, or not? So you can actually, because you can control the volume, basically, and, and also it also depends how you wear the rubber pads. If you get ah, okay. them very close to your ears on a low volume, you'd still hear it quite strongly, but no one else can hear it uh, because it's yeah. just vibrations. Uh, mm. But obviously, if you put it on really high volume in a library, I think maybe the first time you hear it a bit. Like, like any headphones, I suppose, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the purpose of the choice of going for bone conduction uh, is twofold. First, uh, it's just like runners wear bone conductions because they want to be able to listen to their music and also hear the surroundings to avoid cars and things uh, like that. And the second reason is privacy. Uh, because, you know, if you're reading your bill or your credit card details with the device in public, you don't want other people to hear that. Uh, and so you're the, the wearer is the only listener. Where does the data go when you're using the cloud? Is it just your servers or do you use Google's servers or how? what do you? Uh, we, we actually use a variety of services. Um, so basically our philosophy is that if there is something that already works out there, we're going to use it. And if it, if nothing, uh, exists, then we create it. And so our app is a combination of things we've invented and created and, uh, of, uh, APIs by Google, Microsoft, and Amazon. Um, but I think that, you know, they're all uh, very secure and we, Obviously, don't share private uh, information. 
And for everything yeah. that is text-related, actually, it never goes on the cloud. Oh, that's good. Because I was just thinking, if I had a, a letter from the bank or the hospital or something, I'd, you know, uh, privacy is, is more and more of a concern to people. So it's good to know that you, d- you don't send text into the cloud because, um, yeah, that could be quite a worry for quite a lot of people, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all the text reading is done on device. That's that's fantastic. So if you're in a place where, I mean, I've been in restaurants before with um, no signal. And, um, you know, even in London, they're just whatever the building's made of, you know, there's no phone signal. And if the if the menu's not online, it'd be amazing to be able to still read the menu with this thing, um, this device you've made. That would be amazing. Yeah, it, it, I think we we tested it with Ed actually, and we we were able to read the menu in the London cafe. We were. Uh, Charles came out to my neck of the woods, and we went to a coffee shop. Uh, just while we're on text, Charles, can can you talk a little bit about how the headset guides the user so they know when they've got the menu uh, lined up? Because you've got you've got audio cues for that, haven't you? Yes, exactly, and that's again the result of uh, making our first version of the document scanner and having people testing it remotely and saying it doesn't work. And I was like, well, are you sure? Because when I use it, it works. Um, and we realized that basically users didn't have a way to know where they were placing the document in front of them. And so they didn't have a way to know if it was in the frame. Uh, and so as a result, we built what we call the specializer. And what the specializer does is that when it sees the document, it tells you if it's on your left or on your right. Uh, using the stereo channel of the um, bone conduction headset. Uh, so if you hold the document on your right side, uh, you'll hear a beep that's coming from the right. And if you hold it on the left side, you'll hear the beep on the left channel. And therefore, you'll know you have to move it in the center. And when it's in the center, you can hear it equally on the left and right channels. And that basically is done so that you have a sense of where is your field of view and where is the thing that has been detected. Um, And the same specializer is applied obviously in the document, but also in object search. So if you're looking for uh, a bag, for example, uh, you'll hear our door, you'll hear the beep uh, depending on where is the door around you. And we're doing this because the basically the ultimate idea that we, or product we want to achieve is uh, to Sonify to create a soundscape of your surroundings. And that's why this is all about augmented reality uh, with audio. We want to augment the world with audio in that way and specialize things. What if I'm holding the document too high or too low rather than left or right? I'm fascinated with this. And and so, very good question. At the moment, we're not saying move it up or uh, move it lower. Uh, but it is on our roadmap to say these things, basically. I think you need, that. and also, for example, quite often um, I read documents or a little bit of my, enough of my post to know what it is with my phone's camera. And I don't always know how far away should I hold this from the document because it depends how big the writing is, which of course I can't see because I, I can only see light and that's it. So, 
uh, does it have a way or will it in the future have a way to um, uh, maybe let you know? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm wondering, um, have people had problems with that and did you uh, find solutions or not? Um, so it, it's, it is not the biggest problem, but it is a problem. Um, mm. And so we're able to estimate the distance of an object uh, because we have two cameras on the headset. So we're able to reconstruct a depth map uh, that basically tells us the distance of things. Um, oh, like, your, like your eyes would, I suppose. Uh, even more precisely, actually. But yes, it, it creates, uh, because we get... Um, you know, a metric value of uh, how far the object is. Um, mm-hmm. And we also can tell uh, how much space it takes in the frame. And so in the case of documents, we can say, yes, uh, you know, you should take it a bit farther because it's too close. And uh, actually right now, when you read, when you scan a document too close, we say you might have, there might be some text above or below um, the document. But another um, use case for the depth map is that we want to uh, use that to detect obstacles and basically enable um, what we call the last uh, five meter uh, problem where um, we we were talking with a user uh, last week and they were explaining that they use blind square to go and find uh, a location and go there. Uh, But once they arrive at the location, basically a GPS cannot give you the granularity you need to find the right door and uh, no it, it's stop. true yeah, so yeah. this is something we we want to solve with the combination of the features uh, that we have presumably if, if i'm looking for example for a shop or a house number this app would read that for me would it yes yeah, so if you used uh the shop text mode uh, so we have users who told us that they really liked it uh, to walk around in the streets or inside a shop or something because it just reads everything that it can see. Fantastic. Tell me something, Charles. I know this is akin to the VR headset. Now, does one always have to use this thing in tandem with the phone or can it be used independently uh, without one needing to tag along the phone? Uh, So you actually always need to use a phone, um, but the phone can be in your pocket and can be, uh, you know, you don't need to interact with the phone anymore. Uh, The reason is that the phone is the the brain. It's the computing power that uh, does all the machine learning and the uh, calculations to uh, create the audio cues. And this is also, you know, this is a, a choice we've made because we want this device to grow with the ecosystem. Um, and that means two things. The first thing is, you know, there's a new iPhone every year, there's a new Android phone every year, uh, and they get more powerful and they are able to do wonderful things. And we want the headset to grow with that. So the headset is a peripheral for your Android phone. Um, And and therefore, it grows with it. And the second thing is, um, at first, we thought that uh, we could make this great app that could solve all the problems. And then uh, we learned from users that uh, they loved having a variety of apps, you know, like BlindSquare, like uh, Seeing AI, like... um, 
you know, all these apps that are really good at doing one specific thing. And, in, and instead of implementing all of the same features, uh, like, you know, we were thinking about uh, including a feature where you can actually call someone and they could see what your headset sees. Um, we think we want to collaborate with the other apps. Uh, and so we've built an SDK and we're starting to talk to other uh, companies to uh, basically make the headset compatible with all the apps out there. And so that's why we want the headset to work with the phone all the time. You mentioned some design choices you'd made, Charles, because of wanting to keep the costs down. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? What, what, what decisions you made and uh, why you went down the route you went down? Absolutely. So the, the, really the core um, design choice that, that we've made is to not make ARX a standalone device, but to make it a peripheral. And so therefore, there's no battery in the headset and there is, it doesn't repeat the components that are present in your smartphone, uh, the expensive ones. And so that, that's basically why uh, we're able to make it more affordable than, uh, let's say, an Orcam. How does it connect to the phone? Uh, via a USB-C cable. Okay, so that's how it gets the power then through the wire. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Charles, you've given us a lot of your time and frankly, you had offered us 30 minutes and you've been here with us a whole lot longer and we do want to thank you so much uh, for agreeing to come. And would you be willing, Charles, you know, later on, because I know you guys are in the process of doing a lot of things and all of that, would you be willing to come again should some new thing happen or, you know, you guys have updated SDKs or things that you want to talk about? Would you be willing to come back and talk with our listeners again? Yes, absolutely. It will be my pleasure. And uh... Thank you so much for receiving me today and uh, for the opportunity to uh, talk with all of you guys and uh, to share ARX uh, with the community. Thank Thanks you so much. You. And now we turn to our app of the week. And Warren demonstrates an app I really like. Uh, how many times have we been frustrated that copying things on Android that isn't text in the edit field is kind of annoying? Uh, you mess about with talkback granularities or you uh, use the copy last spoken phrase function creatively or you use commentary. But there is an app which will solve most of your problems and enable you to copy text to your heart's content using TalkBack, and that is Universal Copy. Hi, this is demonstrating the Universal Copy. I am already sitting here in the Play Store on the page of the Universal Copy. I'll be demonstrating this app on my older device and that's in the way of the Pixel 2 XL running Android 11 and TalkBack 12.1. As indicated, I am already on the Play Store page of Universal Copy. For historical background, the Universal Copy was introduced sometime back in 2016. I remember vividly how it is that some of us worked with this guy to implement accessibility in the summer of 2016. I am on the Play Store page of the Universal Copy, and during this demonstration, I'll be using the Ivona voice of Kindra in demonstrating this app. 
I will now find and tap on the install button to install this thing so we'll start from afresh. Install button. I just tapped on the install button. Uninstall button. It has finished installing and I believe this thing is about 54 MB or thereabouts. I will tap now on the open to go from here. Open button. Universal copy. Universal copy. Graphics. With universal copy, you can copy text in any app that won't let you and extract text from pictures and documents. So initially, the reason why these guys, and by the way, the name of the developers, the Camel Corporation, reason was that they wanted to make sure that people are able to copy text in images or apps that would not let people copy the text. And that's why they came up with the universal copy, meaning you can copy text regardless of where that text is located or wherever that text is found. And so this is what it says when we open it. I will now tap on the next so we go through the tutorial. The next is there at the bottom right corner. Next button. Activate universal copy graphics. Activate universal copy in the settings to copy text from any app. So the second thing that we're told about is about the activation of the app. In other words, we need to give it accessibility access. So we will tap on activate and during that activate, it will take us to where we could go to the accessibility settings and enable universal copy. Right in the middle of the phone toward the bottom, just above the dock area, is the activate button. I'll put my finger down, find and tap on that activate button. Activate button. Authorize accessibility usage. Universal copy needs an accessibility service to run. Please read below more information about the service. And if I put my finger down below that... This service allows Universal Copy to detect what text is on the screen when you activate the Universal Copy mode to let you know what text is available to copy and retrieve it easily. Listen to your device's key press events to simplify the start of the Universal Copy mode with a button long press, back, home. You must enable this service to enjoy the Universal Copy experience. We do not use the accessibility service for any other purpose and it does not collect your data. None of your data is sent over the network. If you installed the app from untrusted sources outside of the Play Store, please be aware that the app may have been altered by third parties and enabling this service increases the risk of data theft. Feel free to contact us at contact at camelcorporation.com to have more information about this accessibility service. Thank you. The Camel Corp team. So in other words, it's talking about access to the accessibility area. And I'm glad that the developer took their time to make sure that this thing is explained because it's a very sensitive area that we want to be sure we know what app it is that we're allowing to have access to the accessibility settings. And this is one of the reasons why we again and again talk about the fact that people need to get apps 
that are coming straight from the Play Store because if you get a modded version of the app, you never know what the modder have done by adding something or slipping into the app, therefore now giving that person access to your accessibility area, which is not a good thing. And if you want to contact the people at the uh, Camel Corporation, that's their username, they can be contacted at... Feel free to contact us at contact at camelcorporation.com to have more information about this accessibility service. Thank you. The Camel Corp team. A very beautiful team. Next. Decline. Button. Decline. Decline. Open settings. Button. I will now tap on that open settings, which takes us then to the accessibility area, where by default, the universal copy will not be enabled and we'll have to tap on it to go enable it. I will now tap on that open settings. Accessibility back button. I am now in my accessibility area and the next thing I need to find is the item that says universal copy off. And I'll tap there to take me to where I could enable that universal copy. Universal copy off detects the text on your screen and listens to long press key events in list. I will tap here. Universal copy back button out of list. When you tap on the universal copy here in the accessibility area, it also displays this text again and here's what it says. This service allows universal copy to Detect what text is on the screen when you activate the universal copy mode to let you know what text is available to copy and retrieve it easily. Listen to your device's key press events to simplify the start of the universal copy mode with a button long press. You must enable this service to enjoy the universal copy experience. We do not use it for any other purpose and none of your data is sent over the network. If you installed the app from untrusted sources outside of the Play Store, please be aware that the app may have been altered by third parties and enabling this service increases the risk of data theft. Feel free to contact us at contact at camelcorporation.com to have more information about this accessibility service. Thank you. The Camel Corp team. So this is very important to them that they repeat that same information here to make sure that we know exactly what's going on and especially about using modded versions. Now near the top right corner is that switch that we could tap to enable that and I'll put my finger down now, find that switch and turn it on to enable this app. Use universal copy switch OFF. It is off, and I'm going to tap to activate that. Allow Universal Copy to have full control of your device. Full control is appropriate for apps that help you with accessibility needs, but not for most apps. Out of list. And now it's up to me now to tap on Allow toward the bottom or Deny. I will find the Allow button and tap on it. Allow button. Here's the allow, and I'll tap here. Universal copy. Use universal copy. Switch on in list. So we're back in the main accessibility area, and we're in the universal copies activated. 
I will now go back. Accessibility. I'm taken back to the accessibility area. Again, I'll go back. Activate universal copy graphics. Activate universal copy in the settings to copy text. I am now on the second page of the tutorial from where we enabled that accessibility by tapping on the activate. I will now find the next button on the bottom right corner of the phone and tap on it. Next button. Tapping on next, we're on the third page of the tutorial and this is what it says. Launch copy mode, graphics, in any app. When you want to copy some text, just launch the universal copy mode from your notification bar or via a shortcut. In other words, the universal copy sits in your notification area. So if you're on a page and you want to activate it, you could simply pull down that notification, tap on universal copy, and it comes to the forefront where you could choose the text that you want to select and copy. I'll now find and tap on that next button at the bottom right corner of the phone. Next button. This is the next page. The magic happens comic graphics. Universal Copy smartly detects all text areas and extracts addresses, emails, phone numbers, hashtags. And we tap on Next. Next. And putting my finger down in the middle of the phone. Copy, Share, Locate. In one tap, Graphics, select the texts that you want, then press Copy or Quick Action, Translate. Locate, share, it's done. Again, I'll put my finger down at the bottom right and finding the next and tap on it. Next button. And put my finger in the middle of the phone. Scanner mode, graphics. With the scanner mode, universal copy can even detect text inside pictures and documents. Again, I'll put my finger down on the next. Next button. Ready. Graphics. You're all set. Next time you want to copy something, launch Universal Copy. And we're told automatically that we're done with the tutorial. And if we wanted to copy something, simply launch Universal Copy. I'll put my finger down again toward the bottom right corner. And this time I believe I will find the Done or Finish button. I'll put my finger down. Done. There's a Done button, and I'll tap here to get done with that tutorial. Universal Copy activated in list. I am told that Universal Copy is activated. We are now in the main UI of the app, and my intention is to take you through a quick tour of the app. Starting from the top, I'll put my finger down, and we'll go through what we have here within the UI. Switch on. Universal Copy activated. We're told Universal Copy is activated and it is switched on. And next we hear... You're all set here. When you are in an app and want to copy some text, start the Universal Copy mode by activating it via the notification bar on the top of your screen. Universal Copy stopped working for no reason? Click here to go to Accessibility Settings. Then disable and enable again the Universal Copy service. In other words, should you run into any troubles whereupon the Universal Copy is not working, 
your first action of troubleshooting would be to navigate your way to the accessibility area, go find a universal copy, disable it, and then re-enable it to see if that fixes the problem. Next, we get the following. Get universal copy plus plus. Unlock the full potential of universal copy. Live time or monthly. There we are. We're talking about subscriptions now. There's either a lifetime subscription or a monthly subscription. I believe, as I said earlier on, it's $4.69 for a one-time payment and a $0.99 payment for a monthly subscription. Let's tap here and you'll see what I'm talking about. Universal copy. Get universal copy plus out of list. I'll put my finger down near the top and hear the context. We believe that everyone should be able to copy in any app. That's why we decided to make most features free for everyone. Add suck, but that's the only way for our team to keep on improving universal copy for you. Universal copy plus removes ads and shows us your support. Click below to upgrade. I really like that part about the fact that ads suck. So if you really don't want that sucky part of the ads, then one could simply either buy the lifetime subscription of $4.69 or a $0.99 monthly subscription. And here are your options. Universal Copy Plus, $4.69. That's a lifetime subscription of $4.69, or if you simply want to try it with other ads, but you don't want to pay $4.69, then you could choose the one that talks about monthly subscription, 99 cents. There's a 99 cents subscription. You tap there, and that will take you to where you could buy that subscription for 99 cents. Or tap above for $4.69 for a one-time payment, and you are therefore good to go. I will now navigate my way back to the menu UI of the app where we came from and proceed with the tour of the app. Universe. I'm back to the menu UI where we picked on the subscription to go check it out. Now below that subscription, we have the following. How to use universal copy. Check out our tutorial to learn how to use universal copy. You can tap here to go to the tutorial where they show you how to go about using the app. I'm not about doing that. I'm simply giving you a quick tour of the app. Below that, we have triggers. Triggers. And here are the triggers. Notification. We have notification. In other words, you could set it to where you could trigger it from the notification. And by default, that is on. Switch. Activated. And if you turn it off, then it wouldn't show up in the notification. That means you have to manually find the app and tap on it. But by default, it is activated and sits right there in your notification shade. So that when you find something you want to copy, you just pull down that notification shade, tap on it, and go about selecting and copying what you want. Next, we have... Launch Universal Copy on Long Press On button. None. Disabled. Here, what that means is that you could actually choose to launch the universal copy by hitting some of your hardware buttons, maybe long pressing the volume key or something of that sort. That's what that's talking about. Options. 
And below that we have options. Scanner mode. Launch in scanner mode by default. We have here the scanner mode, which means you could choose to make that be the default when you launch universal copy. In other words, it will scan what you're on or the page you're on or the picture you're on to find that text that is located within that picture or whatever. And so it's up to you as to how you go about using uh, the feature here. And so we have... Switch OFF. It is off by default. So if you want to turn it on, then you simply tap on that switch to turn it on, and that will be your default. Below that, we have... Default language for scanner mode. Scanner. Latin. English. Portuguese. You could tab here and go choose your language because there are several languages here that are supported. And so if your language is not one of these Romance languages, then you could tab here and go find what language it is that you would like to use it with. Below that, we have... Selection order. Manual. The selected text will be ordered in the order you picked each text. In other words, it's not going to automatically capture everything, but you choose what it is that you want to select and copy. So that's the manual selection. Below that we have... Scroll mode. Automatic. Scroll the page and universal copy will relaunch automatically after each scroll. So if you choose the scroll mode automatic scrolling. That means that once it's activated, it will scroll the whole page and automatically selects all the text that is found on that page or in that image. Let's move to the next. Select all text areas by default. No, let me select what I need. And here is that you could choose to say, hey, select all the text or the default is no, I am going to choose what I want. Because by default, we have that manual up there above. But if you want to make sure that you have things automatically done, then you tap here and go choose that. Yeah, go ahead and do that. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Cancel. No. Let me select what I need. Checked. In list. We have let me select what I need or. Yes. Pre-select all text areas at each capture. Uh-huh. You could do that. Cancel. Button. Oh, cancel. Out of list. So next, we have more options. We have the more options if we tap here. Navigate up, button, out of list. And tapping on that more options, we got, and we have the following heading. More copy options. More copy options. And this is what we have. Text zones preview. Preview available text zones detected by universal copy in list. You could set it to preview those text. Switch on. And it is on by default. Launch in full screen mode. Should universal copy always start in full screen mode? And it's up to you. Switch OFF. And by default, of course, it's turned off. And if you want it to launch in full mode, then you turn this switch on. Let's go to the next. Disable animation. Removes the starting animation. You could choose to have it show them fancy animations when it starts, or you could choose not to, and by default, switch OFF. It is off. Next. Shortcuts. We're talking about shortcuts, and here are the things that we have. Double tap. Action on double tap. 
Copy. So we could shortcut things like here after I've selected, I double tap to copy and long press action on long press edit. You long press to edit. You can change these things because I'll show you what I'm talking about. And here's what we got by tapping on the long press option. We have the following. None. Inactive. We have none. So in other words, if I long press, if I choose none, then when I long press on it, nothing will happen. Or... Copy. Or it should do a copy. Or... Edit. Checked. Edit. And that's the one that is checked. Or... Share. Share. Or... Cancel. Cancel. Button. So those are our options. We could choose or set the long press to either do nothing, copy, share, or edit. And that's the default is edit. I'll now tap on cancel. Cancel. Universal copy. Long press. Action on long press. So we're back to long press. Action on long press. Next item here is advanced options. Advanced options. Let universal copy run in background. Let universal copy run in background. Switch. OFF. And you can turn that on. By default, it's off. Next, we have... Email. Exclude buttons and images. When active, in normal mode, the buttons and images texts will be excluded from recognized zones. Useful when scrolling. So it's up to you if you wanted to exclude uh, finding text on buttons and things like that. You could choose to exclude those. Switch. OFF. And by default, it's off. And that would be the last item here. Let's go back. That was the more options that we tapped on that took us to there. Now, let's go beyond that more options. About. We have about. Share. Let your friends know about universal copy. And... FAQ. Frequently asked questions. And... Dark theme. Switch. OFF. You could choose to enable dark theme and by default is off. I don't know if that needs a payment in order to activate it or not. I'm not worried about it. Next. Privacy policy. We have the privacy policy and... About version 6.1. The About version 6.1. And that's the last item in that UI. Now you have an understanding of the universal copy. Let's now go find something quick and try to see how we go about using universal copy. I'll now tap on Navigate the Top or simply close out of here and go find something. I will now go back home and go open something and see what we find. Pixel Launcher. Open Brave Browser. Opening Brave. New tab. Set Brave as your default browser app. Article Reader. Radio. So I got here and it's asking me whether I want to set Brave as my default. So I put my finger down, and of course I'm running Brave here on this phone for the first time. Page, privacy stats, zero, trackers and ads blocked, zero, KB, estate. So what I'm going to do is to bring down universal copy Learn and see what go. I can find. Listen, notific, universal copy. 
Here's Universal Copy. I'll tap on Universal Copy. Collapsed. Version 6. Universal Copy now smartly detects entities. Address. It's telling me about, you know, the new version and all of that. Rate. Button. I could read it or... Okay. Button. Tap on the OK at the bottom. Universal Copy Mode. Selection. Drop-down list. Normal Mode. And I have either Normal Mode or if I tap here... Pop-up window, normal mode, in list. I got normal mode. Scanner, Latin, English. Or? Scanner, Chinese. Chinese. Scanner, Devanagari, Hindi. So the different languages here. So I'm going to tap on... Scanner, Latin, English, Portuguese. Tap here. Scanner, Latin, English, Portuguese. Scanner mode, launch in scanner mode by default. Start recording or casting with universal copy. Universal Copy will have access to all of the information that is visible on your screen or played from your device while recording or casting. This includes information such as passwords, payment details, photos, messages, and audio that you play. Out of list. Cancel. Button. There's a cancel. Start now. Button. Tap on start now. Universal Copy. Universal Copy mode. Scanner. Latin. English. Portuguese. All right. Zero. Not checked. And you can check the check boxes for the things that you, you want. So there's a zero here on this page. If I tap here, it'll check that. Trackers and ads blocked. Not checked. I could tap to select that. Okay, be a state. Data saved. Not checked. Zeros. Not checked. A state. Time saved. Not checked. Photo by Dylan Malval. Not checked. So it's telling me, you know, who created that photo. Because here on Brave, you see that picture. And so that's how it works. You check on the things that you want to copy. So you can discriminately copy the things that you want and skip over those that you don't want. And that's how universal copy works. And once you copy something, it will be sent to your clipboard. Photo by Dylan Malval. Checked. And once you have that, then you have things like... Remove ads. 1 of 11. In list. Select all. 2 of 11. Select all. Copy. 3 of 11. Copy. If I tap here. Text copied to clipboard. Brave. And that copies it to my clipboard. And I can now just paste it to wherever I want. So let's go see what it is that got copied to my clipboard before we bring this to a close. I'll bring up my Keep Notes and check it out with. Open Keep Notes. Opening Keep Notes. Here's my Keep Notes. I'm going to tap on. New Text Note. There we go. Edit box for note. And now I'm going to paste that thing from the clipboard. Board. Photo by Dylan Malval. Out of list. There we go. Just above my keyboard is the text that says photo by Dylan Malval. If I tap here. Photo by Dylan Malval. Sticker keyboard. There it is. Keep notes. Photo by Dylan Malval. Edit box. Editing. And that was the copy that we got from the Universal Copy. Now you know how to use your Universal Copy with TalkBack. Thanks, Warren.
And Warren concludes this episode with highlights from Talkback. We continue now with our theme of highlights from Talkback. This is installment 22. In our last week's installment, which was installment 21, we looked at the left-right swipe. Today we'll be looking at the opposite of that, and that would be the right-left scrub movement. By default, the left-right scrub movement was to scroll backwards. Now, today, however, doing the opposite of that would be to scroll forward. For today's demonstration, I'll be using my Pixel 5a running Android 12 and TalkBack 12.1. For speech services, I am utilizing the HANA voice from the Seraproc group. Since this phone supports that multi-finger gestures, I will now tap with three fingers to activate the TalkBack menu. I will now tap to bring up my TalkBack menu. TalkBack menu, navigation, enlist. I am now in the TalkBack menu. The item that I'm looking for here in my TalkBack menu is the second to the last item that says TalkBack settings just above the text-to-speech settings. I'll scroll down, find and tap on TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. There is the TalkBack Settings. The item I'm after here in the TalkBack Settings will be the customized gestures. I will now put my two fingers down in the middle of the phone and glide my two fingers upward, which scrolls down the page, and I'll find and tap on Customize Gestures. Showing items 4 to 15 of 15. Customize Gestures. Here is my Customize Gestures. I will tap here to activate it. Customize Gestures. Navigate up. Button, out of list. We are now on the customization page. In other words, we are on the gesture customization page. The heading that we're looking at is the one finger back and forth movement. I'll find that heading and look at the items that we've seen so far under that heading. Showing items 5 to 15 of 54. One finger back and forth. Heading. Here is the one finger back and forth heading. And the items that we've looked at so far under this heading are the following. Swipe up then down, previous reading control. Next. Swipe down then up, next reading control. And the one we looked at last week in installment 21 was. Swipe left then right, show custom actions. And that's the one that I customize mine to show the custom actions, but by default, that would be to scroll backward. The opposite of that is the one below that, and that would be the right-left movement, and that scrolls us forward. Swipe right, then left. Scroll forward. So in other words, what this gesture does is that if I swipe right and left, it should scroll me forward by skipping over a bunch of items. So in other words, if you're having difficulty putting your two fingers down and scrolling or gliding your fingers upwards to scroll down, then you could use this gesture to scroll forward. Swipe right, 
And by the way, as always, you can always change this if you have difficulty utilizing this particular movement. I will swipe right and then left to show you what I'm talking about and see how it jumps over a bunch of stuff. I'll now do that right-left swipe movement. Swipe up then right. Open talk back menu. Showing items 15 to 25 or 54. I'll do that one more time. Double tap and hold with two fingers. Start or end selection mode. Showing items 25 to 34 or 54. As you can see, whenever I do that, it scrolls me forward and jumps over a bunch of items. That is how you go about using that right-left swipe movement to scroll forward. And again, you can always change this to whatever gesture it is that you prefer. In other words, if you prefer to triple tap with two fingers to scroll forward, you can actually go in there and do that. And that's the beauty of Android. And that is your right-left scrub movement to scroll forward. That's it for this week, folks. Austin, how can people locate us? For people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blindandroidusers. Subscribe to our mailing list, Blind Android Users, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye. everybody. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.